Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. You know, 2020 has been a bit of a crapshoot year. There's not a ton that we've gotten really excited about or that's really come out as a highlight or something that we can look back on 2020 and say, wow, remember when that happened? But then there's some exceptions. There are those little highlights and sometimes they're people. And our next guest today is somebody who's been my highlight of this year. She is somebody who I found during, you know, when that first lockdown happened and we all kind of downloaded TikTok for the first time. And I found this incredibly funny, hilarious woman named Alicia McCarvel. Her videos around her relationship with her husband, her body, life in general, just was so inspiring and so amazing. And clearly I wasn't alone in feeling that. In 2020, Alicia surpassed 1 million followers, now sitting at 1.2 million on TikTok and hundreds of thousands on Instagram as well. She has brought joy and humor and hilarity to this year, but not only that, she's been able to challenge a lot of these relationship questions and standards that so many have set along the way for all of us. Her and her husband, are incredibly diverse in their body types. And she has made that feel normal and also exciting and hilarious and romantic and sweet. So I'm incredibly excited to welcome her on today. I also allowed this episode to be opened up to a Q&A with you all. I have my own curious questions that I'm going to be asking Alicia, but let's be real. We all have some like different questions we want to ask. So this is this episode is going to be entirely different and so much fun. It is my dream episode of 2020 and it's happening and I'm so excited to welcome her on. So please welcome Alicia. Is this like a whole different, like you're so good at being online in such like raw ways, but podcasts always freak me out. I don't know how you feel. Like, have you done a few of them already? Well, this is my fourth, I think. Okay. And my, the issue with me is that I like to talk. So like (laughs) learning how to like change a paragraph into a sentence is like been always been every report card. Like she likes to talk. She needs to learn how to, to chill out a little. So. Yes. That's my entire childhood. And I like to throw it in my parents' face now and be like, look at all those teachers were saying, and now I made a career out of it. So I would like apology notes from all of them. I'm actually friends with some of my like junior high and high school teachers on Facebook. So it's even funnier like to see, and they're so supportive. Some of my elementary school teachers, which is an even like bigger, like blessing. But yeah, some of those ones I'm like, yeah, remember that last time when you had me in grade three and you put that on my report card. Now look at (laughs) Look at me now, (laughs) bitch. Okay. So (laughs) let's get into it a little bit because I know who you are. Most people know who you are, but like 
you kind of came onto the scene in my mind because it was in my world and I like to live in a bubble. 2020 was your year. Like it was nobody's year, but it was your year. And it, it's been so exciting to watch and to be witness to. You've made my year just so much better. I When I did the intro, I literally said I, that you were my highlight of 2020. I guess I didn't even recognize the fact that I also am pregnant. So maybe that should have been it. Technically, that happens in tw- the the baby's born in twenty twenty one, right? Will it be? Yes. I'm. Yeah, that's next year. Let's yeah, let's push it. Let's push it. <laughs> so, how did this all happen? How did this come to be? When did you start? How did you start? Like, just give us the goods on who you are, what you do, and what happened in twenty twenty. A year ago, I was literally nobody. So that has been like you said. I just feel like it came out of nowhere. Long story short, I lost my job. Um, my husband and I sat down and just decided that I was going to take the year to figure myself out. I had devoted eight years of my life to almost eight years of my life to a company and was let go pretty abruptly. And Mm. I was like, "Mm, I, you know, maybe I'm not doing what I want to be doing. And I just took a year to myself. My sister got married. I got to enjoy all of those things without being, you know, tied down by a job. Uh, and then I started on TikTok. I started posting on TikTok and I posted the post about my husband being 10 times hotter than I am. And it went absolutely insane. Uh, and I woke up the next morning and I had 56,000 followers. And I was like, holy, like I'd never had a minuscule of a platform at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, So I was like, oh no, like now I have to like take this seriously. I I was about to turn 30 and I had no job. I had no career at that point. And I was like, this could be something like I've, you know, I had taken so much time to, to, I guess, think that I was past my opportunity for goals like that, that once it was there, I was like, okay, I'm, this is going to be my one last kick at the can, I guess. Like, let's, let's see how this yeah. goes. And, yeah. and I sat down and I took it seriously and I wrote out like what I wanted my platform to be and who I wanted my followers to be and how I wanted to portray myself. And then here we are, 1.2 million followers on TikTok later. And it's been, it's been, like you said, 2020 was nobody's year, but me and my husband always have to bite our tongues when people complain about it because I'm like, I'm very grateful for 2020 for what it allowed me to do for myself. Um, and I also think for the way it's it's grown a lot of creators' platforms, but just the fact that social media is what a lot of people had during that time. So it, it, it gave me the opportunity to really kind of sell myself to a lot more people than I probably would have otherwise. So Yeah. And I mean, it's been an interesting year for that because for a lot of people, and I, and I don't resent that either. Like I've been, I've been in this for between blogging and social media for 12 years. And in the last year we've seen, and I had massive growth, like over one, all of a sudden one year, it all kind of clicked. And and I really do believe in like, it's meant to happen when it's meant to happen. Cause I probably couldn't have done this before. Similar to you, you were in a, you know, a different life space. It probably wouldn't have worked then. And it's working now, but I don't, I don't resent when people kind of get this, these, these times where it kind of explodes because it shows almost like this great, need like this this almost a gap that was there in TikTok while I did not understand it I was on it for basically watching my kids to make sure they weren't doing anything crappy on there and I was so fascinated by the fact that it was so different than all other forms of social media that really relied on you know algorithms and people sharing that content and and it was very different because you could just land one video and it would just be gone and but you've done it time and time again and it's always like different like what i find so interesting is the way that it works so differently is you'll have a post that goes extremely viral and then there might be like 10 that doesn't then it spikes again and it it's so unpredictable and i think it's so funny to hear that you actually had a lot of intention behind it you had a lot of in- I don't even know what I'm going to post like next week, let alone have plans around it that. So did you, you really zoned in knowing what your story you wanted to write and what that was going to be. Can you share what that kind of was? We woke up together one day. I was like, I have 56,000 followers. And all of a sudden it's like walking outside and having people watching you all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, it's not three people going to see my next post. Like I, what is my, you know, now I had, um, I had had a blog that I had attempted to make into something and I had had what I would consider back then success with it. Um, And 
it just talks about my struggles with weight loss and weight gain. And just that has been something that has been a part of me for my entire life. So immediately kind of we sat together and I was like, I want it to be about that because I'm finally in a place where I feel like I own my body. My body no longer owns me. And it had taken me two full years to kind of get to that place. So I was like, you know, I think, I think there's other people out there. I don't think I'm alone in this sentiment. Um, and I, that's where I just was like, I want it to be an empowerment, a self-love and a, and a body positivity. And I want it to be about us. And I want it to be authentic because that's something, you know, the, the, those things that I really pride myself on are my, you know, the challenges and the things that I've overcome to get where I am when it comes to my body, my ability to build people up in my relationship with my husband. And I was like, I think that if we focus on those three things, it kind of encompasses a, you know, a, a big group of people. Uh, and that's kind of just, and then my humor, like just me being, you know, just me being an ass. Like that was just, yeah, you know, so I, we just sat down and wrote those three things down and then just started creating content that circulated around that and just took off. All right, let's have a little break to talk about one of today's sponsors because I have such a love-hate relationship with vegetables. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I just don't love them. I want to. They look so beautiful and I just am not a huge fan all the time. So, this is why I love Holy Veggie because they're a great way and an easy way and a tasty way to add more veggies into your diet with Holy Veggie. Holy Veggie was actually founded by two friends just on a mission of helping inspire a better way to feed the planet. The company's complete line of plant-based foods from cauliflower wings to their new veggie full meals are about three simple things, quality, taste, and celebrating the vegetable. Yes, even if you don't love them like me. Holy Veggie's line of products are about being veggie forward and seeing the veggies in every bite. The full product line is also non-GMO and completely soy and gluten-free. Now, if you've ever had cauliflower wings or broccoli bites out at a restaurant, you've maybe tried to replicate it at home and it rarely comes out the same way. That's what happened with me at least. I wanted them to be crunchy and crispy. I wanted that same experience and it kind of just came out mushy and lackluster. That was until we brought home Holy Veggie from the store and cooked them in our oven and they were incredible. We couldn't believe how good they were. We almost always have multiple boxes stocked in the freezer at all times because they're just one of our favorite family snacks. Everyone kind of gathers around grabs them, snacks on them, dips into the dips that are provided. They're just absolutely amazing. Because Holy Veggie's line of crunchy cauliflower and crispy broccoli wings are restaurant quality at home. Their freshly picked cauliflower and broccoli florets are lightly coated in a crunchy panko and crispy tempura batters, but they're gluten-free. And these wings are a perfect fit for a plant-based taco night or an after-school snack for the kids. You can find Holy Veggie's cauliflower and broccoli wings at major grocery stores in Canada, such as Metro, Sobeys, and Save-On Foods, as well as across the United States at Target and your local co-op. And now they have introduced Veggie Full Meals. Straight from the kitchen comes Holy Veggie's new line of delicious plant-based goodness, the Veggie Full Meals. High in plant-based protein, over 50% of your daily fiber, and a complete meal to keep you nourished the entire day. Their veggie full meals will have you rethink what a frozen meal is. Built with quality vegetables and seasonings from the ground up, these meals are filled with goodness. The new line aims to create full, ready-to-eat meals without the prep work. Just grab a bag, pop it in the microwave or pan, and in six minutes, you're done. Holy Veggie is reinventing the frozen meal, swapping out the common meat and potatoes with great tasting and good-for-you ingredients. You can find Holy Veggie's newest line of meals by heading over to holyveggie.com. And like I said, I've tried so many different things from Holy Veggie and it never disappoints. Whether you're trying a frozen meal or the broccoli wings or the cauliflower wings, they are absolutely amazing. Like mentioned, if you're in Canada, check them out at Metro, Sobeys and Save On Foods. And in the US, you can find them at Target or your local co-op. Now let's get back to the show and enjoy your veggies. 
let's kind of talk about the bit of the elephant in the room when it comes to your content and what you kind of originally went viral over, which is the fact that you and your husband have very different body types. Seems to be one of those things that people have such a hard time comprehending and at the same time is so entertaining and you've really leaned into that kind of societal discomfort with, with it, which is so you're not the first person I've seen go viral off of like, I, I don't remember who it was, but years ago, there was a post where a woman who existed in a curvy body standing with her husband who was like ripped with abs and people were like, how do you feel confident around him? And it was such a weird question, but at the same time, like this internal question that so many people were asking. And as she kind of discussed it and as they went viral over this whole story, and I'm watching that kind of mirrored with you a little bit, although you're dealing with it with a much more humor standpoint to it all. But it's, it's fascinating. Did you know that this was going to be a thing? Has this been, you guys have been together since you were teenagers, right? Yeah. 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 So has this been a common thread of your relationship kind of not, I don't even want to call it defending it, but almost like drudging through those types of commentary, or is this fairly new for you guys? No, a hundred percent. I knew it when I posted it. I knew it when I posted yeah. it because I sent it to him when I was like, this is going to go viral. And he is just as naive when it comes to that stuff, because bless his heart. It's what something that I love so much about him is that he doesn't see it. It's not, yeah. He doesn't see the way women look at him. He doesn't see the way they look at me when I'm with him. And um, I like it that way. But I knew, I knew what the mm -hmm. app was about. And I knew mm -hmm. when I posted it that, that you know, it, I picked photos of him with his shirt. I totally exploited my husband. And I did not regret it <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, luckily for us, again, being together since we were in high school, is I had never really, you, I, not that I was ever tiny, but I was never really, I, I, in high school, I was never really overweight, um, mm. per se, like to this, to the size that I am now. So we built our foundation and I never really had to overcome that. It wasn't like I met him when he was this physically fit man and I was this plus size woman. We've just grown up since we, we were 17 together. So this is my body. You love me. You're going to love my body too. That has just always kind of been how we've gotten through it. Just little things like he doesn't, he doesn't understand it to the point where like, we'll be out and we'll be at a bar and a girl will sit next to him while I'm at the bar and go to have a casual conversation. And he thinks it's innocent. And I'm like, it's not innocent. Like, you don't, it's like, it's like women don't approach men at bars. Like, you didn't come to your table for nothing. Um, or we were on our very first vacation in Toronto. And I think this was the moment where it really hit home for me. We were walking down the street and I was holding his hand and a girl said, like, out her mouth to him, why are you over there when you could be over here? And it was just like, it was just like, I was so like blindsided. He was like, that's not what she said. I'm like, that's what she said. <laughs> no. So it's been, it's definitely been something that I, have dealt with through our relationship. I'm lucky enough to know that my my relationship with my husband is solid. We've built on mm. a really strong foundation. Mm -hmm. But I also know, and I get messages from women all the time talking about how they sell them they they sell themselves short because they're plus size and a man is fit. And you know, and I that has never been me being plus size has never affected our relationship, our sex life, our friendship. None of that. It's me being plus size has never affected that. How I felt about myself being plus size, that affected my relationship. Mm. But me being plus size never changed the way that my husband wanted to love me. And I think that that's where those lines kind of get blurred is like, is it being plus size? Or is it like how you actually feel about yourself when you are plus size? And that's that for me, it was always how I felt about myself being plus size that kind of affected the things around me. Yeah. And, and you've talked a little bit about that before, kind of how you, you really held yourself back. Like it wasn't necessarily your husband's response to you, but more like your response to yourself. So I know that you went, you were actually in bikini competitions like a couple of years ago. Like it wasn't that long ago. Coming out of that, how did you know the shift needed to happen for yourself when it got maybe to a dangerous territory? And, you know, how did you kind of find, you know, that confidence again in your relationship after gaining weight? I knew it needed to change because I had re reached, I had reached my goal. Essentially in mm -hmm. my mind, 
walking across stage was supposed to be the be all end all of how I felt about myself. Like when I walked across the stage, I was supposed to walk across the stage and be like, okay, this is it. I feel great. I'm who I'm supposed to be, but nothing changed with how I felt about myself. It not nothing ever did. And I think walking off the stage in the next couple of weeks that followed up was it's I realized that more changed about how people treated me than how I treated about myself how I treated myself after that. And that's when I was like, okay, so it's not my weight. Like maybe I just don't like who I am. Maybe I need to figure out what is great about me essentially. And I went from one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I, you know, I, I, I continued to, I went back to eating the way that I had always been eating. I went back to working, you know, 12 hour days, 12 hour days and 13 hour days and doing nothing for myself. And, and it really wasn't until two, it's almost three years ago. I now guess now where I, I was like, you're shutting so many doors because you were fat that you, there's no, there's nothing left for you. You really have no opportunities now. I, I would choose to not go out with my friends. I would, you know, I, I know I've spoken about it and posted about that my trip to Florida with my husband and, you know, being on the beach together for two hours, just in the water. And I, I got back to the, to our, you know, where we were staying and I cried in the shower because I was like, you've been with him for 12 years. And that's the first time in 12 years that you spent in the ocean with your husband because you wouldn't put on a bathing suit and be in front of people. And that was a big eye opener to me because I, I had to really like, you know, dive into like, was I uncomfortable with being fat or was I uncomfortable with other people seeing me be fat and just kind of unpack all of those emotions. And it was a little bit of everything, but for a lot of time, I was just afraid of how people would see me as being fat and being, again, being with a fit husband too, like walking on the beach. It's like, what are people thinking about us? And then I was like, you know, nobody thought a single thing when we were in the water and we were having a good time. So why, yeah. why, you know, why would it be any different? And I started buying new things and I started, you know, trying, you know, things I wouldn't normally, you know, do. And that's kind of pushed me to push the boundaries for myself. And then now having this platform is just seeing other women push their boundaries too, is just making me want to continue pushing, pushing boundaries. Cause there's definitely still things that I'm uncomfortable with. We've been talking a lot lately about kind of optimizing your money and just making your money work for you in new ways. And if you're a fellow Canadian, I know many of us love the PC Optimum Points and love redeeming our points for free stuff. But if you want to get even more groceries and beauty products for free, well, now you may be able to. PC Financial has a new no monthly fee account that will make you think about money in a whole new way. It's called the PC Money Account, a bank account that makes everyday spending go further. The PC Money Account gets you PC Optimum points for doing everyday things like grocery shopping and online shopping, which I don't know about you, I've been doing more often than not. More points mean more rewards, so you can turn your everyday spending into a treat for yourself. The PC Money Account is a no monthly fee bank account that makes every dollar of your purchases go further with PC Optimum points. Recently, I've been using them on just grocery items. I most, I also have done like some home decor things that I found in the store and beauty products. I mean, it just makes me feel so guilt-free when I load up on indulgences like new beauty items and I go and use my optimum points on them, which just makes me feel like I'm getting them for free, which technically I am because I'm making my PC optimum points kind of work for me with my everyday spending that I already am doing anyhow. It's just a really great way of kind of getting those rewards to work for you without having to wait for something big. You know, some of these point systems and reward programs, they kind of don't lend themselves to your everyday. This is why I love PC Optimum. They kind of work within your everyday life. You'll get up to 50,000 points if you take advantage of introductory offers when setting up your account and adding payroll, direct deposit, or paying bills online. The PC Money account can also help you set savings goals, all while being rewarded on your spending with loyalty points you can actually use. Enjoy free Interact e-transfer services and free withdrawals at PC Financial ATMs across Canada. 
Signing up is so easy. I did it myself. It only took a few minutes. You can sign up for a PC Money account today and start earning PC Optima points and redeeming them on everyday essentials simply by going to pcfinancial.ca slash papaya to open a PC Money account and then you too can start thinking about money in a whole new way. That's pcfinancial.ca slash papaya. Now let's get back to the show. Met my husband when I was at my thinnest and it was not thinness through a health journey. I was going, like I thought it was at first and then it ended up being, you know, massively disordered and then I was going through a divorce. So I was, I was very thin. And I remember the reactions from people being like, aren't you afraid he's going to leave you now that you're gaining weight? And aren't you afraid of like that? He's not going to be attracted to you anymore. And I'm not going to lie. Like, even when I got pregnant, like I looked at him and I'm like, are this, are we still good? Like, how is this good? And he's just like, what are you talking about? Like, where does that come from? But I, I realized how much over the years that I've created narratives for my husband that I feel like he's thinking and saying to me because I've heard so many other women's experiences with their husbands and I've just placed it on them. I've just placed it on him and I just decided that must be what he thought of me. Therefore, I wore t-shirts in the bedroom or I only would ever allow him to touch certain areas of me and I got really guarded from my own intimacy. And similar to you with my kids, like I was very removed from their childhood because I didn't know how to show up at the beach or get in the pool or do these things that made me so uncomfortable only to recognize that nobody was thinking these things. It was me thinking these things and I was holding myself back. But I'm sure you've had these conversations with Scott now. Has he ever told you like how he's felt through these changes and, you know, between the narratives that you maybe created for him and what was reality? Yeah. I spent a lot of time apologizing to him because that, that very moment, like that, those things that you're saying, I've created so many narratives for him. And, you know, I, I, when I started to put on my weight again, when I was at my, you know, when I was at my heaviest and then I spent so much time making up in my head what, how he felt that I never stopped to be like, what do you think? Like, how, mm. how do you feel in this moment? And a lot of the times, like you said, I would, I would spend more time pushing him away. And then eventually, why would he want to reach out to me if all I was going to do was send him packing in the other direction? And, you know, so I did, I had to spend a lot of time apologizing to him. And I think in his mind, it was like, I'm going to let you live through it. Like, I'm going to let you figure this out. And I'm going to be here when you're here. Probably the most supportive human being that I, I'll ever have in my entire life. And sometimes to a fault, sometimes, and then other times when I sit back and I think of my life, like I, I am grateful for everything that I've gotten myself into um, and had to pull myself out of. And yeah, he's gotten his apologies. That's just, that's... <laughs> That's amazing. Now, everyone thinks that our husbands are brothers (laughs) or like that we're potentially married to the same human. It's so funny. So I actually opened up my Instagram today and I was like, everyone can ask questions. And so many, I screenshot and sent them to you like at one already, but like it was immediate like, are you guys married to the same man? Or are your husbands related? Like, is that how you guys know each other? And my favorite question was, does Scott have a brother and is he single? (laughs) All the time. Everybody always asks. Everybody, like, since the day that we, like, I, we started posting, it was like, does Scott single? Does, or does Scott have a brother that's single? I am so happy to announce that today's episode is sponsored in part by FX Chocolate. FX Chocolate is a new supplement company that's got chocolate down to a science. So you can close that pill drawer and skip the daily drudge of gulping down pills and upgrade your routine with FX Chocolate. They've created six different supplement variations, Exhale, Focus, Thrive, Defend, Superfood, and Zen, each one lending themselves to support a specific need. Ingredients are expertly packed into a handcrafted square of sugar-free dark chocolate. And chocolate is not only a more enjoyable way to take your supplements, but it also increases your body's ability to absorb supplements, making it more effective. I think we can all agree that being a human being who exists is hard enough as it is, and it feels like a small but mighty gift to know that taking care of our bodies and getting the nutrients we need doesn't have to be a drag. So FX Chocolate is offering our listeners 20% off their first order. 
Use promo code PAPAYA at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Health doesn't have to be hard. Use promo code PAPAYA at checkout at fxchocolate.com. FX Chocolate, good for you, doesn't have to be hard to do. Now let's get back to the show. Isn't it so funny though, like to just even just the the fact that people are so blown away at the idea of a man who is man enough to love a woman as her body changes or through body change or despite her body. Like I just find this one of the most like, but we, we do it for men all the time. Like I always said, if you look at my dating history, they all look so, so, so different because I always liked people way more for their personality. You could be hot as heck and be like wet cardboard. And I wouldn't like, unless you're, unless you've got something else to offer, it doesn't really work. So even if somebody has like a rockin', rockin' hot bod, like that doesn't mean that that makes a relationship. No, and I like I I joked with my husband the other day because we were talking, having this exact conversation. I dated him when he was acne ridden and 132 pounds. Like he was pint-sized and he was a kid, but he was my best friend. We built yeah. this relationship off of friendship. So that's why I, you know, when women and I don't have any dating experience. And I always make sure I preface this. I've dated my husband and my husband only. So it's not like I have a ton of experience, but real men don't care. If your relationship is built off of the things that it should be built off, in my opinion, real men don't care. They should support you all the way through. Unless of course it's a health issue or those things you have to work through, but real men don't care. And if a man turns to you and says, I'll get the messages on on dating apps, girls will send me the messages on dating apps or men are like, you'd be cuter if you lost weight. And I'm just like, let them weed themselves out. Like you yeah. just <laughs> left it. That's literally him just saying, I'm not worth your time. See you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, at some, yeah. I, I get, I will get from teenagers and teenage boys and on the Apple postings. And I'm like, wait until you're 40, dude. And like real women is all you have because that's all you're going to have. There's more of us. Like, and that's what I, I try to like portray to women. There are more of us in the, the bodies that we have with the stretch marks and the, you know, the extra fat and the bigger hips and the small boobs and the big, there are more of us than there are of these supermodels that we are trying to be. We are the majority. And somehow in our heads, as women, in bodies that aren't viewed as, you know, the beauty standard, we've created, we've made ourselves minority in this. Mm -hmm. We are not, we are the majority. So I always say to women, like you, you have the upper hand. You are, the men are going to grow up. They do it eventually most of them. And you're going to be sitting there with a really great personality and lots of experience in life. And that's what they're going to be looking for eventually. So let those, let the immature men weed themselves out. Like let them, you know, make themselves look like idiots. And then (laughs) that's, that's it. Right. And it's, it's so hard when you're going through it. It's so hard when like you face rejection from it. Like I I read this post today that it was like, stop worrying about if everybody likes you, like you don't like everybody. And I was like, that's true. I don't like everybody. Why do I care so much that everybody likes me? And it is kind of like, we do have to kind of hold this, like, I don't want to be matched with somebody who finds me intolerable or finds me annoying or that I talk too much, or I'm the messiest human alive. Like, I don't want somebody who just gets annoyed by me or only sees me for my body. I, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for them. So why have I made that the standard in which my relationships exist? And I think the more we peel back, you know, same as like, why did we, why did both of us kind of pursue weight loss as like this goal? It's the same ending being, I just wanted to be accepted. Like, yeah, I ended up getting more acceptance from society, but nothing changed on the inside. The same can kind of be repeated for relationships. You can strive for these types of relationships, but that doesn't actually hold them together. You don't actually want to be with somebody who you have to fight for the rest of your life to have them like you. That's not a great feeling. It's actually a really shitty one. And and I think that it it just adds layers upon layers of just self-esteem issues that you don't need instead of being with somebody who truly 
buys into who you are and encourages that. And like you said, friendship, but like a good friendship holds you accountable, like holds you safe. It gives you all of like, it has good boundaries. It has all of that. It's not, you know, bubble wrapping each other. It's not, you know, not acknowledging the differences or the challenges. And and so I really like a lot of your honesty around relationships too, because I think one of the things that, that really kind of pulled out to me as I read the questions that readers submitted to ask you was they're almost afraid. Like they're afraid for you because they feel like it's an unstable because, and that didn't make me sad for you. That made me sad for the fact that women are truly afraid of what change looks like in a woman and that it could cause the person they love to leave them. But that's not love. No. It's not, and it's not, and that's like I don't know. And I sometimes I like I I make myself I discredit myself because my relationship is I've only had one, and I you know I've only been with my husband. So for me to be like oh men, but like I got lucky, hundred percent, I got lucky. But that doesn't change the fact that I have a solid husband who loves me for me, and my body has never has never changed that. They are afraid. I will get questions all the time. I'm like, are you afraid he's going to cheat on you? Are you afraid? And I'm like, stop and ask that question the other way around. Is he afraid I'm going to cheat on him? Yeah, like you're funny as hell and you're like a badass bitch. I'd fucking... So it's like... I just swore. I'm like, I would date you. I would love to live with you forevermore. (laughs) But it's like, it's that we're... At what point did we get to this this state where we put more value on how my husband looks than how great of a human being that I am. Because Mm -hmm. I assure you, this relationship, we are both very lucky, but that man is sometimes very hard to handle. And he is stubborn and he is, and I am all of those things too, but his body, his body doesn't, it's not like he doesn't do something. I'm like, it's okay. You have abs. It's like, no, like get your shit. Together. Like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You I'll abs. take out the garbage forever. You have abs. Sit down. He, he did get me an, he didn't get me an anniversary card this year. And I was like, okay, like your biceps are nice, but that doesn't get you through this shit. Like you still yeah. have to do these things. So that's yeah. why I find it so funny when people ask those questions. Cause I'm like, the relationship isn't built off of washboard abs and nice boobs. Like it's real. It's those things can only get you out of tickets and the hot girls at bar. <laughs> like they don't, they don't, like they don't, nobody rests on their beautiful boobs in a relationship. No, you don't. And if you do, it's not a real one in my, yeah. in my personal opinion. So I just, I find it funny because it's, it's like you said, I don't feel bad when people ask me those questions. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that that's, where a lot of women are in their lives that they think that those things are more valuable than who they are as a whole. And that's why when people talk about what kind of changed from my mindset, it was like, my weight was the top of my list. I always believed that if it went down, everything else got better. When realistically, I like to think more than a hundred, but for just the case of being statistically correct here, uh, there's a hundred really great things about me or a hundred things about me my weight is one of those hundred things. And for a majority mm. of my life, I placed this importance on that 1% of who I was instead of focusing on the 99 other things that were really great about who I was. And it was like, as soon as I kind of shifted that focus, it was like, ah, my weight ain't shit. That means nothing. Like that, that is, this is a capsule that carries all of the 99 other great things about me. And I've spent so much time worrying about my capsule and not worrying about, you know, how to better myself as a human, how to be a better friend, how to be a stronger partner, how to find time to, you know, go out and write for me or for, to, you know, to create a platform where people want to feel welcome and kind of none of those things I ever thought I was worth because I always thought that my weight, which was that one little thing, was going to change all of those things. And it's it was mind-blowing when I was like, oh, holy crap. Yeah. I'm like sitting here like, whoa, that was that was so well. Just write a book on that. Like just just write a book on that. That is 
needs to be said somewhere. I love me journal was the biggest. And that's why when people are like, what, well, what changed? It's like, I wrote about myself every day, every day. Oh. I, I struggled through writing one thing that I liked about what I did during the day or myself or, and then all of a sudden I had this fucking notebook that was like full of 500 things about myself. And I was like, my weight isn't even one of these things. And I was like, holy crap. Like who even thought I was really good at putting together outfits? Not me. Cause all I wore was baggy t-shirts and yoga pants. Like who would have thought that I was really great with conflict resolution? Not me because I always walked away from it because I didn't have the confidence to step into having the conversations. So it was like, Oh, okay. Like now what, now what do I do with how great I am? Like how do how do I let people see who I am now? That answers almost the majority of the questions that people asked you because so many people were just the, the question was always and always and always, you know, how do you get confident? And, and I think you're saying it right now in the fact that like you've leaned into all the other parts of you understanding that that's only really the 1%. And I think that that's a really important takeaway, but I want to go through some of the other questions because you guys have touched on some other things as well. And, and your viewers are clearly about it, but also I just realized this whole episode, people are going to be like, this is very Canadian. Cause we're both like about, 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 about. <laughs> and I keep hearing it on you, but I just said it too. And I was like, Oh, all the about <laughs> we're both Canadian. Just I'm in, I don't know, Toronto ish. And you're in, you're in Halifax. Okay, so let's get into some of the questions. Not having kids. You guys recently came out with kind of the idea that you have decided to not have children. Viewer wants to know, how did you know that you didn't want kids? And it was it a mutual decision between the two of you? Or was this over a period of time? And, you know, just answer that. We both thought we wanted kids. I guess we both thought we wanted children because we thought we had to have children. Mm. That's how I want to word that because we have names picked out, picked out for what a, we would name a boy and what we named, which is in my mind, typical for two teenagers who are dating and going to get married one day. But then we got married and then we were like, so do we have kids now? Like, do we, do we do it? Like, is that what we do now? And we were both like, mm. Like, I don't, and not just like, I, people were like, well, were you financially stable? I was the most financially stable I could have possibly been when I got married at that point with the salary I was making. But I was, at that point, I was like, no, I don't know. Like, I, I was so unsure. And we were both unsure. And then, then I was like, I just don't think I want kids. Like, if I look back at it and like, I think of our life, that was a question we kind of like sat down together. It was like, if we picture our life five years from now, what is involved and we're like listing off of all of these things and kids weren't one of them. It just, it was never, it was never like, okay. And we want to have a baby. It was like travel and, you know, work, figure out how we could work a job that we both love. And we wanted to build a tiny home, which children just don't fit into. And um, just all of these things. And then we were just like, Oh, okay. Like, I don't, I don't think this fits into our plan. And it was, I think a lot of people think it's like, you sit down and it's like, yes or no. When realistically it was just, it just, it doesn't bring us fulfillment to think about our lives with children. I love kids. I love children more than, more than, you know, like my sister is going to give birth to my nephew any day now. And I will love that child more than I love my husband. And I will tell you that right now because <laughs> that because he will be my world because that is my sister was born to be a mother. It's all she's ever talked about. It's all she's ever wanted. And I, that was like a big moment for me to be like, I never felt that way. I've never felt so drawn to something that I, you know, would do literally anything to have it. So yeah. that was kind of our, it was that neutrality that we felt about it that kind of just was like, okay, well then we won't pursue that because that just doesn't, you know, bring us joy when we think about our future with it. Yeah. And I think that that's a really valid and honest thing because I don't know why people push people to have children so much. It is a complete shift of your entire world. And unless you're like really down for it, like it's a lot of change. Like I'm, I'm genuinely, and I'm saying this knowing people will still struggle with this answer, but like I'm genuinely 
half joyful and half resentful over the changes that need to happen in order to bring a child into our world. I said to my husband the other day, I'm like, I'm selfish. I like doing my own thing. I like having a shower whenever I want. I like spending 20 minutes on my makeup. Like, I don't want that to go away. And he's like, then we need to redefine what motherhood looks for you. Like, we're going to have to make conscious efforts, but we also are going to have to ask for a lot of support. We're going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to change those things. And it's, but like, also I have friends who are parents who are like, I love my kids, but I don't love being a parent. And I wish more people had validated the fact that not everybody needs to have kids. And if we had that conversation more, more people would feel, you know, relieved over the fact that you can still live a very fulfilled life and not have children. And you also may have children and live a very fulfilled life. You could still travel. You could still dine out. You could still do all of those things. There, it's not, it's just so polarizing sometimes when we kind of create this, okay, you date, especially as high school sweethearts, as you guys were, like you were together, you meet, you get married, like then you have the babies. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Like there's almost this checklist and timeline that people kind of put you to. And if you don't go by it, then they almost feel like sad or sorry for you. And that's such a, I think it was a really great thing for you to approach because I think a lot of times people just assume that someone can't have children and then it's immediate sadness as opposed to, wow, that's actually your choice. And that's not a selfish choice. That's actually a that's actually acknowledgement of like, this is actually probably what's best for us and what's best for, you know, a potential child. Like I'd rather be, I'd rather you be selfish about it and make that decision than have a child knowing that that's not what you wanted to add to your life. Don't mind the word selfish. Honestly, I do think it's selfish. I think that when I view my future, it's very selfish. Like it's the things that I viewed myself doing. But I also think that there is this part that is super selfless of somebody who wants to be a mother. Because I know when my sister pictured being a mom, all of the things that, you know, she had, you, she, the baby would come first and her life as a mom would, would be valid. And, and it's not, I get this all the time when I say, I don't want kids. People are like, well, do you hate them? Well, I don't hate them. And, and then I got this question, which was the first time that I was like, oh, okay, what happens if you do? If you get pregnant, if you and Scott get pregnant, what happens if you do? And I was like, okay, well, I don't like this question for two reasons. One, you're basically asking me my stance on abortion. That's how that's yeah. how you're asking me it. Like, yeah, just, exactly. But secondly, I don't like this question because I didn't really think about it. I'm like, we have, but it's like, it was like, I would, in my position, we would have a baby and I would be a mom and Scott would be a dad. And we would rearrange, like you said, our life to make, a, to make room for the child. And we would live as parents. Cause I'm not afraid to be a parent. And I'm not, I don't think that I wouldn't be a good one. I've had one of the world's best. So it's like, my mother has taught me and like, my parents are incredible. And I know that we would be able to build that. It's just not, what we want. Yeah. And you're allowed to chase your own dreams with that. If, and especially like, yeah. And I think a lot of us along the way sometimes have to give up dreams for different reasons and, and we find new ones, we find different ones. And so I like that you're, you're kind of like, you're going after the dream that you know is tangibly there and that you can pursue. And if something changes that, then you'll redirect the dream. It's not, it's not so cut and dry that I think everyone makes it to be. And if I turn, if I turn 40 and Scott and I have had traveled for the, the next 10 years and we get to a place where we're like, shit, what do we do now? And he's like, let's adopt a kid. I'd be like, sure, let's do it. I like, so that's not, I'm not, I, I think too, that people think that when you say you don't want them, that just dumps them, that just dumps that off the plate. Like that can't happen yeah. <laughs> for you. It's more of like, it's just not a choice for us right now. It's not a decision we're choosing to, to actively pursue if it happens then we'll be parents and we'll be damn good ones. And if in 10 years we decided, you know, parents, we missed out on being a parent 10 years ago, then we'll adopt them and we'll be damn good parents then. But it's not something that has lived inside my heart since I was a young kid that I always wanted that, you know, and I, again, I have so much respect for, for mothers in general because I don't, 
I don't know how you do it sometimes. I like I watch your videos and you getting the kids ready for drop-offs and taking them there and seeing the career that you've built. And for me too, like I, I think that it's so empowering because if I did want kids right now, seeing you as a role model in that would make me feel like these dreams were achievable for me, regardless of having children or, or not having them. Which is another reason, which is another reason why for me it's it doesn't having you as a role model doesn't, doesn't change the fact that I still no. don't want children. Like it's not, no. like it's not. So I, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, are you afraid to have kids? Are you, do you think that you can't achieve what you want to achieve with those kids? And just kind of like, I'm validating all of these things that people yeah. kind of put on to me. Like, well, no, you're just afraid or you don't think you'd be a good parent. It's just like, you know what? I just, my, I just don't feel it. Like, it's just not there for me right now. When Jane and I met and all of our dating was very, I don't think I want to have kids again. Like, I don't want to go back down that road. I've kind of completed it. I love my own kids. They're my personal spawn and my little humor. Like, every day is, like, just hilarious when they're around. I also love co-parenting. I I hate that I do, but I love co-parenting because I do get to drop them off and they go to somebody else. And we, and if they were with me full time, like I would love that too. But like, there's, there's, there's parts of it that I really lean into enjoying, but I liked my life with Shane. I liked how independent we were and all of that. So really kind of processing and mourning that change is coming. And people were very like, don't you feel sad that you're not giving him a child? And I was like, no, because I think he'll be sad having me mope around. If I do, if I do something I don't want to do, that's, I'm a bit of a child that way. If I have to do something I don't want to do, I'm going to be upset about it. And now that we're having this baby, like it's been, I don't know, I've had to go through such an emotional, like upheaval and it's been so good for me, but it just, it would have been just as good and different had we never have done this. And I think both are insanely valid, but we could, we could go on about this all day. Okay. Here's the next question. This one's spice. This one's spicy. spicy. Like I even was like, do I even ask it? Your husband does not post a lot. Does this worry you, bother you? A lot of people said, I feel sad for her that he doesn't post you as much as you post him. I get asked this question. I think people are asking you it because they're too afraid to ask me it, which is totally cool because I, I don't have patience for as much as I want to build a career on social media, I don't have patience for relationship presence on social media that isn't transparent. And I, I'm going, like, when I am mad at Scott, I'm going to post that I am mad at him. I don't know how many times I've posted in my stories where he's annoying me or I'm upset with him or I'm annoyed with who, what he's doing. And I'm going to post that. But I, my husband says four words to strangers on a regular basis. Like he is, he doesn't, he doesn't, he barely tells me he likes me. The last <laughs> thing I need is him going to post a photo to try to articulate that to the, to the internet. Just yeah. so people, other people, cause that won't validate me. If honestly, if I were to come home and there were to be a po- photo posted and a long loving message, I'd be like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> what did you do? And I think that comes along like, that's, I, I, that's fueled by insecurity in my mind. Yeah. That question, not the question, say that. That question itself might not be fueled with insecurity, but the thought process behind, I need my husband to post about me as much as I post about him is fueled by insecurity. Because mm-hmm. I know, because I was 17 once and I was 21 once when my husband didn't post about me. And I was like, why don't you post about me? And it's like, he's like, because I just don't want to. And it's like, okay all right. Like I, how do you admit you just, it's not who he is and love languages. If, if these people who have asked this question have never read about love languages, you need to, because you need to, that man's love language is active service. I've never put out a garbage in my life. Never. I've never put garbage in a garbage bag. I wouldn't even know how to do it. I wouldn't know how to separate it. I wouldn't know how to, I've <laughs> never had to. And to me, that's not roses. And I'm sure I would prefer to get a bouquet of roses, but I'll tell you right now, when faced with the opportunity to have roses or put the garbage out, (laughs) which one do I want from him? I'm going to choose the garbage. And it took me a long time to understand that he shows me he loves me in different, completely Mm. different avenues Mm -hmm. that I choose to show that I love him. He also hates kissing. 
like let's let's just lay that out there for people because we haven't had that conversation. But he man, hates kissing. kissing. Is it because of his beard? No, oh, he's a germaphobe. I don't know where he thinks that I'm going that he can't kiss my lips, <laughs> but he just he doesn't. Which to some people, it's like, oh, you're not affectionate in public. You're not. But when my husband kisses me. I'm like, okay, like you love me because it's on. Yeah. Because I know that that's coming from a place of love. So it's, it doesn't make me feel insecure when he doesn't post about me. Like that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. I've definitely been at a place where it has, but I'm just like that, that doesn't change anything about our relationship. Like that just changed whether or not you see it like that. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. You know, my husband doesn't post about me either. And he's also like horrible at social media in general and like doesn't go on it. He went on it like for the first time last week and was like, did you know that? And I was like, yes, like this is my everyday. And not to say that we own our husbands, but my husband gets recognized and talked to in public more than I do because he's like this background character of my life. And if, if, if this was, if we were going to objectify our husbands, we've pissed all over them. (laughs) They aren't going anywhere (laughs) without me finding out about it. One time Shane was five hours away having breakfast at a diner and I got a DM that was like, is your husband by chance at so-and-so place? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really trail him when he's like, he was gone on a trip somewhere and I was like, I don't even know where he is because I don't care to know. Like we just kind of give ourselves that separation. And so I texted him. I'm like, are you in like so-and-so what, like some diner? He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, are you though? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I could never cheat on you if I ever wanted to, because I will always be like, the papayas will be like, here's where your husband is right now. They found him at a casino at Sault Ste. Marie. And I was like, how are you winning anything? He's like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I always Pissed all over. This is all new for me for us like this whole yeah. thing is all new for us but he was out not too long ago and some girl messaged me and was like I saw your husband at no frills and <laughs> I just I couldn't say hello to him and I just wanted to tell you how wonderful you are so I texted him I was like what did you get at no frills he's like this is a bit much and I was like <laughs> you're literally people are just gonna know where you're at so like it's just so funny I love it for them well and you I could be more transparent with that stuff like I could share more of those things but like yeah I just he's an intimate person and that is who he is and I'm I'm gonna tell you about whatever you want to know type of person so often like it's it's just how we tell each other and show each other that we love each other. And I clearly like the poems that I write about him on our anniversaries, but he's going to get them. (laughs) So he's just going to live with that. I'm not, I'm like, now I feel like I can't ask the next question because the next one was, what's your husband's biggest turn on? We know he doesn't like kissing, but what like, what does he like about you? Like what gets him going? I know he loves a back rub. When you posted that video of like you giving him a back rub, like saying you, you're like, I want a divorce. He's like, okay. But then after the, ba- I sent it to Shane and he was like, no, that's so real though. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, the fact that he could even come up with that so quickly. I know he's so witty. I feel like I'm just letting lots of cats out of the bags here. I'm a nudist. In ge- Are in, you? I'm not actually, but like when I come home, my clothes come off. Like if okay. I can be naked at all times, I, I have too I, much vaginal discharge for that. <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I totally would. Okay. So I totally would be naked. So that's why when I posted those TikToks about me surprising my husband naked, and he's like, what are you doing? The windows are open. It's because like that is nine deep, nine percent of the time. Like I come home and I walk back up naked. So me in underwear or lingerie is typically his, I guess, biggest turn on because I was like, we're literally the only couple that has to put clothes on for us to get excited or like to be turned on because it's not for me to be naked. It's not necessarily a sexy thing anymore because I'm just eating chips sitting on the naked. I know. I, I feel like I've desexualized myself because I like to pull out my tits all the time and yes. like talk about them and examine them. And then he's like, I don't know why this is a thing. <laughs> yes. So if I go, if I go to bed with underwear on, like or a cute thong or like cute booty underwear, like that's how he knows oh. that, that, that that's like a, you know, serious for me. 
Like, That's so interesting because Shane just brought up to me yesterday that I've never worn lingerie for him. And I was like, honestly, I'm like, I have bought it, but I'm like, you kind of just get to it before I ever get to the point of like putting it on. Like it, we're just, that's not really how it happens. And you like, and I start reeling. I'm like, well, you like morning sex. And so like, it doesn't really happen that way. So then today I was like, listen, on the off chance that my placenta moves and I get to get the D again during this pregnancy, I better like up my game. So I went and Googled. Like, I'm going to have to text you this later because I went and Googled maternity lingerie because let's be fair. That's probably, that's all it's going to, like, I was like, maybe it'll be like cute. I don't know. Or like hot. It was freaking like, like everything was like gaping moo-moos with like bows. And it was like not even transparent. Like there was not even a nipple out. It was bad. So I have to figure this out. What you need to do is try to find a plus size lingerie that makes it small enough for you. Because honestly, like the plus size stuff is so silky and so sexy, but it's also high waisted, Mm. which is probably, I I would assume more comfortable being pregnant. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. That's what we have to do. We have to put clothes on. That's what's going to turn on our husbands. And if I wear a muumuu that had like fur on it, he would be like, what the hell is happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, don't get excited. It's going to be the same old thing. I'm just wearing a (laughs) muumuu. It's the same goods. Okay. We're like super out of time. So I'm going to ask you one last question. You make all of us laugh all the time. Like you're really, really, really good at it. Who makes you laugh? Chrissy Teigen. Okay. That woman, her tweets. I just, when I read it, I just read it like her, her Instagram, like stories, her, like she just, she kills me because I feel like we have such a similar blunt humor. And I also feel not to compare my husband to John Legend, but to compare my husband to John Legend, (laughs) I feel like he is so like easygoing and chill. Mm -hmm. And she is just the, like the social butterfly that kind of like holds their like social life together. She absolutely kills me. Amy Schumer. Oh, good one. Just blunt, like that blunt to the point humor. Like I'm 165 pounds and I can catch a dick whenever I want to. Like that will (laughs) forever be my favorite line that a comedian, a plus size comedian has ever said ever. Yeah. And then in terms of like film, probably Melissa McCarthy, like anything she's ever, ever been in. I love her. And I like that she's not like, she's kind of broken out from the molding of like where women in larger bodies were always cast in like stereotypical roles. Like she's gotten leads. Like she's become like the leads of things. She's so, so good. My like indulgent laugh lately has been Whitney Cummings. Do you watch her Instagram? Like, yes. Her and that guy, I forget his name. I feel so bad. Oh my gosh. Like I've never listened to her podcast, but I listened to all of like the snippets from the podcast. Yeah. And it's like so, so good. I just love a funny woman because I'm so, I think of funny things like five minutes later and every once in a while I get something like really funny, like in the moment. And I'm like, damn, that was good. But like Shane's so witty and like witty people just like blow me away. Like when you did the dream challenge with like the ocean and your husband's like pushing you in a grocery cart, I was like, how the hell do you even think of that? You know what? Do you know what's funny? Because he will kill me if he hears his podcast. That was his idea. Oh, people don't, people don't realize he's funny. How much stuff he comes up with? The butt, po- the butt photo that literally went viral online <gasps> was Scott's idea. I was gonna ask you how to convince my husband to do a photo like that with me. Scott was like, "We should do our butts in the middle of the ocean." <gasps> I was like. Okay, because you don't second guess them. Don't even give them the opportunity. If they suggest it, you say yes. I was like, okay. And I knew my photographer, Charlie, was going to be like, boom, because that she just shoots that way. Like very, I I was surprised that she hadn't asked yet for me to like take the tits out or something. I will not take that credit from him because he will kill me on the off chance he actually takes the time to actually listen to me in a podcast. I'll come home and he'll be like, excuse me. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough. This has been so delightful and I just adore you. Thank you for being my highlight of 2020. Tell everyone where they can find you if they haven't followed you already, which I feel so many of my followers clearly already do, but give us the goods. Where are you hanging out? Like my highest following is on TikTok. So at Alicia McCarville, which is my same name on Instagram. And then I, we also have a YouTube, which is the McCarvels which I'm embarrassed to say we haven't 
posted on in over a month. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen the year after we're, YouTube. We're getting, we're getting there. I made the, I made the jump into YouTube really fast. I was like, cool, let's post and build a platform. And then you know what it, you need to have a valid YouTube. You have to take that shit all the time. I've been with YouTubers. They're always ready with a camera. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I would suck at it because I ruin everything. I just Instagram story at all. So I would never have behind the scenes footage. You've no, already I'm seen it. I'm very hard to like film certain things and cut so that we can have a, an abundance of stuff. But it is on YouTube and we do have a few videos, but mostly TikTok and, and Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been just a delight. I don't think you realize how cool this makes me now that you've had. Oh, oh. Here, so. everyone. Some people were like, will you guys hang out when COVID's over? And I was like, could you imagine? (laughs) Like, we need to figure out how that works. Like, I will happily come to Halifax or something because I feel like the boys will love each other. We'll also make them do things. We'll do some husband swaps. Not like like with dicks, but like, we'll just have fun with that. We have so much content to plan for this, but it will, I think we should just make it happen. It's going to happen as soon as we can. Okay. Love you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. I'm going to have everything in the show notes for you to check her out. Yeah. This was a super long podcast, a worthwhile one. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.